Hi, my name is Lynn McTaggart. Welcome to my podcast, Living the New Science. In these podcasts, I'm covering some extraordinary discoveries by frontier scientists and other new thought leaders, and why this changes everything we think about how our world works and also how we should live our lives. Today, I'm going to talk to you about another narrative for 9-11 and how to heal the pain and division all of us have experienced since that fateful day. I discovered how to do so on September 11th, 2011, the 10th anniversary of 9-11, and it has some lessons for us for today. Like most Americans, I'd been forced to revisit the horror of September 11th, 2001 on every anniversary for the past 10 years, as every television channel relentlessly replayed the familiar sequence of events, the two blue cloudless September sky, the first flight crashing into the North Tower as if a catastrophic mistake, the ramming of the second plane into the South Tower 17 minutes later, confirming there was no mistake about it. The bodies cascading out of 100-story windows, the slow-motion concertina of the two towers within a half hour of each other into a cloud of fulminating black dust. On the 10th anniversary of 9-11, I was determined to offer up an alternative with a healing American peace American intention experiment. For the experiment, I enlisted Dr. Salah al-Rashid. A Kuwaiti from a prominent Arab family, Salah had single-handedly pioneered the human potential movement in the Arab world. Salah was also a well-known peace activist, calling for peace in places like Palestine at a time when others in prominent positions like his demanded reprisal and continued conflict. Salah's own books, including a novel about enlightenment, had been massive bestsellers throughout the Gulf states. He is, for all intents and purposes, the Deepak Chopra of the Middle East, and of all people, he would be able to drum up huge Arab participation in the experiment. By the time of our experiment, the war had been raging on for almost 10 years. The Helmand and Kandadar provinces of Afghanistan, the two large provinces in the south, and the major strongholds of the Taliban had incurred the the largest number of war and terrorist-related injuries and deaths among both military and civilians of any province in the country. Both areas had been the sites of recent car bombings and suicide bombers, and as the largest opium market in the world, this area of Afghanistan, which borders on Pakistan, was also the target of terrorist attacks from outsiders. Those involved in fighting the NATO forces' war on terror were a mix of Taliban fighters and warring tribal groups involved in the opium trade. After the 2010 peace initiative attempted by the then Afghan government, with the Taliban broke down and after NATO had initiated new offenses as a consequence, the violence had intensified. That was to be the target of our intention. 
We ran the experiment over eight days and some 25,000 participants from 75 countries participated, many in ingenious ways, by pulling over in their car, by a giant screen at an event, from a mountaintop, even during a Native American peace pipe ceremony. For the broadcast, Salah opened with an unabashed apology on behalf of all Arabs for allowing the attacks to happen. And I returned the apology for the West's aggressive and violent response to 9-11. However justified America felt in invading Afghanistan after the 9-11 attacks, the fact remained that the Afghans had lost far more than we had. Most Westerners did not know that by 2011, some 100,000 innocent Afghan people had been killed, injured, detained, or deported. We decided to call for a new Twin Towers of East and West in solidarity for peace. Then we embarked on a patient wait of three months to see if we'd had a response. To find out about statistics, on whether there'd been any lowering of violence, injuries, and deaths, I spent several months hounding officials inside virtually every large agency involved in the war on terror. The US State Department led me on to the United Nations Assistance Mission in Afghanistan, which tallied civilian casualties, the Afghan government, and then the International Security Assistance Force, or ASAP, a NATO-led mission set up by the UN Security Council, initially to train the Afghan forces, but whose powers had grown to leading the combat operations in the regions. In January, 2012, I discovered NATO's Afghan Mission Network Exchange database and a UN 2011 report concerning civilian casualties. Both showed a huge drop in the casualty rate that occurred among civilians and the military right after our peace intention experiment, specifically in our two provinces. From all these figures, we could analyze what happened in September 2011 and the two months afterward as compared to what happened in the months and years prior to our experiment. Overall, between September and November 2011, Civilian casualties fell by an average of 37% compared with the casualty rate in the month before our intention experiment. Overall, initiated attacks by the Taliban had been climbing relentlessly upward until August of that year. After our experiment in September, the numbers began a deep downward trend, falling drastically from October to December 2011, as did overall enemy-initiated attacks. In fact, as the report said, this is the longest sustained downward trend in enemy-initiated attacks recorded by ISAF. Compared with the rest of the country, the Southwest, the target of our intention, recorded the largest decrease in casualties, extraordinary 790% decrease over the month before and a 29% decrease for the entire year compared to 2010. This trend carried on throughout the autumn. What made our results even more compelling 
was the fact that the big decreases in violence that had occurred in our target provinces of Helmand and Kandidar had not been uniformly experienced around the country. Although the United States and NATO had already begun to wind down the Afghan war, that did not explain the concentrated lowering of violence in our two regions. I was amazed by the huge drop in the casualty rate that occurred among civilians in the military after the 9-11 peace intention experiment, specifically in our two provinces. Something definitely seemed to be happening here, but something else was happening that I began to notice on Facebook, Instant Messenger, and the two surveys that I'd conducted of the participants about their experience, one in English and the other in Arabic. We appeared to be ending the war in another way. From the first day of the 9-11 peace intention experiment, the participants had made an extraordinary connection with each other. In most cases, the most extraordinary connection they'd ever experienced. Like I was a piece of metal being drawn to a magnet, not of this world, from my elbows to the tips of my fingers, wrote Logan from Switzerland. Like I had a white glow around my body with a white cylinder connecting my body and everybody else's to the target area, wrote Kathy. Like swimming in an ocean of goodwill, love and hope, wrote Simona from Romania. Like being in a total vortex of prayer energy of all who were focusing, like an out of body experience, wrote Linda from the United States. Now remember, Everybody was participating with their computers and connecting on my website. They were all dotted all over the world, yet feeling these electrical, amazing out-of-body experiences. Many were openly sobbing during and after the experiment, as though they tapped into a global pain body, intensifying their own feelings. I wasn't a body at that very long moment, wrote Syed. After reading aloud the intention I had on my website, Michael's throat was so sore that he had to stop speaking. It is the closest, wrote one, that I have ever felt to God. As the week carried on, thousands continued to tune into the web TV station I'd team up with to do a daily live stream update on the event. During the daily broadcast, which had an instant messenger chat room, Many of our Western participants began to instant message and befriend people from the Arab countries who could write in English and vice versa. The resentment and suspicion about Arabs was beginning to transform into love and acceptance. The Westerners began wishing the Arabs well. And as they began to feel connected to the Arabs, like a support from the right side one can virtually lean on, like feeling brothers from far away, one said, their attitudes toward the Middle East began to shift. Forever will Afghanistan be synonymous with peace for me, wrote one. The pain of 9-11 and lingering rancor was healing. The experience of instant messaging with people from Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and many other Middle Eastern countries. During the IM messages, we wished each other peace and expressed love made me cry, wrote John from Tucson. It was very therapeutic for me, a citizen of the USA. Many of the Arab participants reached out in friendship to the West, 
We are brothers. We will always be there for you. Although I don't know you, I feel a connection with your pure souls, wrote one. This is the day that we all felt the loss and no one felt the gain, wrote Bahareh. Your God is my God. My God is your God. But that wasn't all. Participating in this experiment had brought peace into their lives, particularly their relationships. Three quarters of our participants spoke of how their newfound sense of peace had improved relationships in every regard, particularly with estranged family members. They were getting along better with clients, ex-husbands, siblings, neighbors, those they normally argued with, even employers. Many made a pact with themselves to resolve lingering conflicts with others and heal rifts, even with those who'd caused them pain. On the first day, I was holding hands with a friend I'd just made peace with after a long time of not talking to one another, said Susan from Spokane. We held hands throughout the experiment, and when we were done, we hugged. A third of the participants were getting along better with people they normally dislike or argue with. I felt compassion for my not-so-nice boss, wrote one. I kept flipping between the target area images and the warlike energies emanating from my next-door neighbor, wrote Stephen from New Orleans. A majority said, they felt more love for everyone they came in contact with. Many had completely transformed in the way they related to other people. They felt able to see people and situations more clearly, noticing when they were judgmental of others and themselves. They found anger more uncomfortable than before, were more apt to apologize and forgive, had stopped reminding themselves of what the other did to hurt them and now we're not taking things so personally. I see myself in everyone I meet, experiencing their feelings, finding compassion, said one. And once more, these positive effects seem to spill over to other areas of their lives. Many claim to have had personal miracles happen in their life, experienced the most creative periods in the last five years, had a spiritual quantum leap, enabling them to be more intuitive and more sensitive to others, had seen a big improvement in healing skills in the case of one therapist. My life, wrote Abdul, has changed for the most beautiful. I felt, wrote Rose, that I am part of the solution. Tony's life had been torn apart when her sister and children had been murdered by the children's father just a few weeks before 9-11. In her eyes, the peace experiment saved her life. Change happened that for a second destroyed all my faith until the love of the community and signs from the universe restored it and made me more grateful than ever, she wrote. I poured a more intense love than anyone else out into the universe that day as my heart shattered and soared simultaneously. The world remembered while we mourned, and many lives were changed forever. I had no idea if my experiment could take the credit for the improved peace in those two southern provinces of Afghanistan. But I should say we've run seven peace intention experiments, and they've all resulted in a lowering of violence. But if the feedback from participants 
were anything to go by. The act of sending intention had created peace in their hearts that seemed to be transforming their lives and views of East and West. For many on either side, the experience had been extraordinarily healing, a simple means of breaching ideological divides. The outcome of the actual experiment again was almost irrelevant. The real healing was happening with the participants themselves. The experience of joining into what is, after all, a type of secular prayer had itself brought the East and West together, had proved to be profounding uplifting, and had given hope to many on both sides. Thank you, world, Yasser wrote. You're still a good place with all these peaceful people. I didn't know if God had answered our prayer for peace, but certainly our prayers had given us a glimpse of God and even a fleeting glimpse of heaven on earth. I had the sense that although we had a specific target, said Amy, we were healing everyone everywhere at once. And if you're listening to this before the 20th anniversary of 9-11, it's never been a better time to send intention to Afghanistan again. Join me in a healing Afghanistan intention experiment on September 11, 2021 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. UK, 8 p.m. Middle East, and experience the miraculous mirror effect of large group intention. To participate in this free event, my intention experiments are always free, sign up on this page, https colon slash slash news dot lynnmctaggart.com forward slash landing forward slash heal hyphen Afghanistan. And for those of you who want to learn more about how to use intention most effectively in your life, I'm running a special course called Intention Essentials, starting off on October 2nd. Unlike many courses on the internet today, Intention Essentials is live so that you can interact with me and other course members directly. You'll enjoy a total of 10 hours of direct experience with me, be able to ask questions directly, and give and get feedback at the meeting. These live sessions are like being in an in-person workshop with me, but for a fraction of the cost of travel, hotel, and meeting cost. You'll discover unique tools to unleash that extraordinary power you already have, but that's locked inside you. You'll find out the best ways to frame your thoughts, to keep them consistent, and to use your mental powers to plan your route to success. To find out more, go to lynnmctaggart.com forward slash courses forward slash intention hyphen essentials. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting again.